Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Allen. Conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom. I was holding my daughter just before coming on the show. She was sleeping right on my chest. And gosh, I got to tell you, you don't want those moments to end. Uh, And I have never loved anything like this child. I know for those of you out there that are parents, you understand this. This is new for me. And the reason I say that is because while I was holding my daughter and she was just sleeping there, it was so hard for me to get up and leave that moment. But I started thinking to myself about how much I love my daughter, how I would do and sacrifice anything for this child. And I started thinking about a problem in the country. That love that we feel for our family, for our children in particular, right? There's not a detachment. I mean, there are some psychopaths out there who don't feel that way about their children, who leave them on a doorstep or in some dumpster somewhere. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about you listening. I'm talking about real Americans out there, decent, moral people. You're not detached from your child. But we have this immense detachment from our country. Now, there's a comparison that I'm trying to make between this nation, which is ours, and a child that you have, that you're nurturing, that you're taking care of. And the problem I think we have in this country is that, we one, we, we've just had it too good for too long, at least the current generation, my generation in particular. But, you know, the World War II generation, that's all but died off pretty much. So nobody's really sacrificed anything. Yeah, we've had some wars. Yeah, we had Vietnam, some bad wars. But nobody knows sacrifice. No one's had to give up anything for this country. Nobody feels, not nobody, I know you do, but so many people in this country feel just detached from it. The United States of America for so many Americans is simply a place in which they live, a country where they live. It means nothing more than that. And the reason I make this point is because the Durham report confirms what you and I have known for years now, which is that the Democratic Party, the Hillary Clinton campaign, the Obama administration, engaged in a coup. They are guilty of treason. They interrupted one of the crown jewels of our American Republic. And do you know what that is? That is the peaceful transfer of power. That is how this nation has separated itself from so many countries throughout mankind's history, right? No matter how much you hate your political opponent, no matter who wins or loses, at the end of the day, you grit your teeth and you wish the best for the incoming administration. Whether you've served two terms and your time's up and you're leaving the White House or you serve one term and you have to hand it over reluctantly, At the end of the day, you do what's right for the country. That's how America has survived and thrived. Without that, you have nothing. Without that, you have absolute tyranny. Without that, you have civil war. 
And what we've learned definitively now, and I've got excerpts from this 300-plus page Durham report in front of me to read to you, share with you the important parts. What we had was for the first time in American history in 2016, going into 2017, from the Obama administration to the new Trump administration, we did not have a peaceful transfer of power. And I don't mean to be incendiary. Captain, if you feel like I'm getting incendiary, you just stop me. That's not my intention. I just don't think that we have an appropriate or a... Well, we certainly don't have, most Americans, an appropriate reaction. And I'm saying the reaction should be strong, not muted. We shouldn't brush this aside. We shouldn't just let this go. We shouldn't just pretend like, eh, whatever, who cares, it's done. You know, if this had happened, I don't know, in the early part of the 20th century, certainly in the 19th century, how do I put this, Captain? Uh, People would swing for what they did. Again, I'm not calling for a lynch mob. I'm just telling you the facts. That is the punishment for treason. And that's what happened here. Trump was set up. This whole Trump-Russia collusion narrative was invented by the Hillary Clinton campaign. The Obama administration was briefed on it. They were in on it. They approved it. And they did this to undermine a duly elected president of the United States. They used this fake steel dossier and this fantasy of the left, this hit job, to try and get Trump. And before he was elected, they were using it to try and prevent his election. This is historic in a bad way. This is monumental. And it happened in this country. And I I don't know, I... I I don't really, I mean, I, I, my sense is that there are people who are irate and outraged by this, but so many people just, I think, and understandably, feel like nothing's going to happen. And so what's the point of getting upset? They keep getting away with this, right? So our response is what? It's just demoralization, really. But I want to I tell you something, okay? Look, I, I, am, I am actually, I'm fighting having this morose tone to my voice, honestly. I, I'm really trying not to be that way because I, I'm very upset. I really am. I really, really am upset. But 2024 is coming. And... That is your chance and my chance to get justice. That's what we have. That's what we have. And I just, 
the reality is, unless you're going to put Republicans in there who have integrity, who take this stuff seriously, nothing is going to happen. I mean, there has to be a total clean out. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. And I just look at this and I... This Durham report, even though it confirmed things that I already knew, Captain, it just made me want to support Trump even more. That's my reaction. I know that there are people that disagree with that. I know people are caught up in the weeds with this poll and that poll, the DeSantis feud. They got the Trump fatigue syndrome. Please, please, let's get past this. And I, 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 what upsets me the most is when Americans, even on our side, conservatives even, they, they don't, they don't have any, they don't humanize Trump. You know, this is somebody who really sacrificed a lot. I mean, he's the, he's antithetical to your political class and that's why they hate him. But he sacrificed. And look what he went through. I I mean, imagine, for example, I I don't know, many of you have different careers, different, you do different things. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're work for a trucking company, if you work in an office, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, whatever your profession is listening to me right now, just, just think about what you do day in and day out, whether you're at the top of the food chain at your, your different a place of employment or you're, you know, working an hourly job. I just want you to imagine, okay, you're somebody who puts 100% into your job every day you go to work. You don't skim off the top of your company. You don't have any ethical problems. You're there to work hard and you're loyal to the company. Now imagine some rumor get spread about you at work. Let's say that you were in a Moscow hotel room filming a PP tape with a bunch of prostitutes. Let's just say I don't know where I got that from. Gosh, where did I come up with that? I'm so creative. Let's imagine that's the rumor going around. And your company starts to investigate you. And your company turns against you. And your company ultimately fires you fires you for some salacious allegation made in the workplace that wasn't true. How would you feel? Would that be fair? Would that be just? Would you be upset if a lie told in the workplace resulted in your firing? In the ruining of your reputation? In sleepless nights? In stress with your family? Because you knew you did nothing wrong? And all the while you knew all these people around you were plotting and conniving to destroy your life. And why? Because they didn't like you. That's what happened to Donald Trump. He became president of the United States. He won an election fair and square. It was was an election that nobody thought he could win. And the Obama administration and the Department of Justice and the FBI and the CIA and the Hillary Clinton campaign... All of them, all of them 
framed Donald Trump. All of them went out to the media day in and day out and lied to your face and my face about something that they knew didn't happen, about something that they knew had been invented. And they were laughing hysterically behind closed doors as they hoped to ruin not only President Trump's life, but they did ruin other people's lives in their desperate effort to destroy Donald Trump. I think that's worthy of outrage. I think that's worthy of some sympathy. And what we need in 2024 is an absolute wrecking ball, a monster, a good monster to go into the White House with no fear of having to cave and acquiesce and compromise because he's worried about being reelected. What we need is somebody that's going to go in there and tent the White House and exterminate the rodents. That's what needs to happen. If that doesn't happen, we really don't have a chance for survival. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. But anyway, back to my original analogy before we move on here. I was holding my daughter, loving my daughter, and I was just thinking about the founding fathers. I was thinking about how seriously they took this type of behavior, this type of criminality, how seriously they took the government, how seriously they took their, their roles and their responsibilities because they sacrificed to create this nation. And myself included, admittedly, have given nothing, nothing for this country in comparison. And isn't that the way it is, though, right? I mean, you've got, let's say it's wealth transfer or something like that. Let's say, you know, there's a family member, you know, World War II generation, whatever it is. You say, yeah, they work so hard. They work their butts off. They sacrifice and they make money. And then you get a generation or two or three down the road and that wealth is inherited. And what happens oftentimes? It gets squandered, does it not? Isn't that what happens so often in some of these families? You got somebody, the matriarch, patriarch, they, they, they create enormous wealth themselves. And then what happens to the bratty little kids, right? Unappreciative. They don't take it seriously. They squander it, spend it. They don't know how it's made. And that's the problem in America. We don't think often enough about where we come from. We don't think often enough about how unique this country is. Because all we hear, what, from the media day in and day out, the Democratic Party is what? America sucks. It's a terrible place. It's, it's built on slavery. The, the, you know, the, the whatever. And so we don't wake up every day thinking, being grateful for this country. We don't wake up every day fighting or, or defending this country. And I hope that this is a wake-up call. I hope that this wakes all of us up. And going into 2024, we just simply start to ask ourselves the question every single day, what can I do to save this country? The answer will come to you. It's going to be different things to different people. But you should be, and I should be, and we must together ask ourselves that question. What is this country worth to us? Is it worth anything? Are we willing to be the generation that sits here? And, and this is the biggest political scandal in American history. American history. And it happened 
in our lifetimes. And I really don't understand, Captain. I mean, I keep scratching my head. I mean, the Democrats and the media, they're just downplaying this. They're ignoring this. They're trying to say this isn't a big deal. It's a big nothing burger, and it's not a nothing burger. It's not a nothing burger. And I, 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 I hope that people can understand now as well why. Well, you, you can directly trace. But let me put it this way. I'm 36. I was born in 1987. So I might have become politically aware slightly in high school, right? Maybe freshman year, 9-11 happened and all that sort of stuff. I started paying attention. So, you know, I, uh, I, I was kind of vaguely, I can recall, the Clinton administration. My, my father was very, very uh, political. And I grew up listening to talk radio in the car and so on and so forth. So I was actually a little bit more advanced than a lot of people my age. But So I can remember Clinton and I can certainly remember Bush. And I can certainly remember those elections in high school. They got a little fiery. All my friends were Democrats. I remember sparring with them. I think we used some curse words with one another. It was always me versus four or five other people. But I remember saying F you after, after George Bush uh, won re-election. I was celebrating the car. I remember I was, I was driving the car with my four Democrat friends, and they were just trashing George Bush left and right every day, ribbing me, he's going to lose, so on and so forth. And I just took it. And then when, when, when Bush won re-election, <clears throat> boy, I let him have it. And obviously, in retrospect, I mean, George Bush, I have very little respect for now. But my point is, something happened after 2016 in this nation, right? We could no longer get along anymore. The rhetoric was heightened. It became hyperbolic. And now we can understand why that happened. Why the temperature in the room, why the temperature politically in America soared. And that's because the Democrats committed a crime. They were so desperate to defeat Donald Trump, so upset that he beat Hillary Clinton, because that was never supposed to happen. They hated him so much and thought they deserved victory. It was just supposed to be handed down. down. It was supposed to, you know, the, 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 it was like a coronation. You were supposed to go from King Obama to Queen Hillary Clinton. That was what was that was what was supposed to happen, and Trump had no chance in hell. That's what was supposed to happen, and they believed that. They believed that with every fiber of their being, and it broke their brains. It broke them mentally, and they were so upset that what they committed treason. And everything since then has been another crime. Crime after crime after crime. And you're building and building and building. It's a house of cards. And if the Democratic Party allowed the American people to get above the tumultuous sea that we, we, we've been submerged in, drowning in this, these attacks against Trump and this rhetoric and this hatred, if we got to take a breath of air for one moment and get our bearings, guess what we'd learn? We'd all wake up and realize, holy crap, Look what they did, and they can't have that. And so their only strategy has been to keep a constant barrage. It's a blitzkrieg strategy in which it's attack, 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 accuse, 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 come up with, uh, come up with scandal after scandal after scandal to keep your attention diverted 
to keep your attention on some new scandal. Trump did this. Trump did that. George Santos did this. Whatever it is. But do not look at the Democratic Party. That's the strategy. And at some point, this podcast is going to become a elect Trump uh, podcast. Now it's not necessarily the moment. We've got some time here, but that's what's going to happen. And I've got some really exciting news. I'm going to get into all this stuff in a minute. It's just, I really, I really miss being with you. I did. I know we missed an episode last night. Logistically, it became hard. We're going to have to do the show really late. And I just, to be honest with you, I'll just tell you now what's going on. So, so I got a book, right? And I wrote a 90,000-page book. And my publisher told me last Wednesday on a phone call that I need to cut it down to 50,000 words. You know, I'm not Victor Davis Hanson, so I can't write a 90,000-page book right now. You know, Not yet. And it doesn't really need to be 90,000 pages. That's the truth. I'm really thankful for the, for, for, for the feedback and everything. It's going to be a better book. But I was given a two and a half weeks to chop 40,000 words out of this book. And really what's happening is I'm, I'm writing a new book. I mean, I'm taking stuff that was in it and putting it in there. It's, it's important. But, but, you know, when I started writing this book, it was, it was around, it was before Christmas time. It was like November of last year. Things have changed politically. It looks like Trump's going to be the nominee. I, I, I fully expect it. Biden, if he makes it, uh, it looks like it's going to be a rematch. And I realized that I was writing this book called American Renaissance. And the, the purpose of the book was, of course, well, well, the premise was that how, you know, restoring America's past, uh, will restore America's greatness. The idea is that all these progressive things proposed by the left are not progressive at all. The United States of America is the crown jewel of civilization. Everything that we have here is as progressive as you can get in terms of our constitution and so on and so forth. And the Democrats are attacking our institutions, attacking this, attacking that, importing communism, Marxism, socialism here, failed ideologies. And what we need to do is go back to constitutionalism. What we need to do is go back to our founding, and that's going to save the country. All those things are true, but it's a little generic. And I want to make an impact. I want to have an impact. Whatever impact little Drew Allen, not living in his uh, mother's basement, by the way, living in his own home with his wife and daughter, make an impact on 2024. And so I've changed the book, and it's going to be about 50,000 words as demanded, but it's going to be called tentatively American re-election. And my whole point, my whole point is making appeal after appeal after appeal of why the American people should and must re-elect Donald Trump over Joe Biden. That's the purpose of this book. It's the voter guide for 2024. And every American needs to read this book and every American needs to give it to a friend and certainly a Democrat before they go to the polls. That's the purpose. Because if you read the book, you're a lunatic and there's something mentally deranged about you if you can vote for Joe Biden after reading what I put in this book. So anyway, long story short, that's been eating up, you know, all the free time Captain and I have, right? With him producing, you know, 65 of these shows and me doing this show and me doing my PR job and now the book. So Long story short, in, t- in another week or so, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'll, be, I'll be back to my old crazy self, not this extra crazy Drew. All right, so let's go through this real quick with the, with the, with the, do this first. Captain, cue up, cue up cut one. 
It's been a while since I played this. Those of you who have been listeners to the Drew Allen Show for a while will recall this. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> you'll start dancing in your car. This is a, a very fun, uh, it's a fun montage of Trump cut Russia collusion lies from the usual suspects in the media. Go ahead and play cut one, Captain. Go. Some sort of collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, metal collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, potentially collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, bot collusion. Trump, Russian, Russian collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Russian, Russian collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, collusion. Collusion with the Russians. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. 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 Trump, Russia, potential collusion. Trump, Russia, potential collusion. And the Kremlin and be in collusion with Putin. And the Kremlin and be in collusion. And Putin and the Kremlin and be in collusion. Seventeen agencies. Seventeen of our intelligence agencies have confirmed. All right. Well, I just, it's been a while since we played that, but you, you had Hillary Clinton. I mean, you had everybody, Jake Tapper, all of them. Surprisingly, I think Adam Schiff wasn't really in there. Adam Schiff was the biggest snake oil salesman for the Trump Russia collusion lie, but we had to endure that for years, years under the Trump administration. And now we have the Durham report, which confirms what? I want to read some, just a few excerpts of this to you. So, number one, I quote, Neither U.S. nor the intelligence community appears to have possessed any actual evidence of collusion in their holdings at the commencement of the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. FBI records prepared by Peter Stroke in February and March 2017 show that at the time of the opening of Crossfire Hurricane, the FBI had no information in its holdings indicating that at any time during the campaign, anyone in the Trump had been in contact with any Russian intelligence officials. Our investigation determined that the Crossfire Hurricane investigators did not and could not corroborate any of these substantive allegations contained in the Steele reporting. Now, here's what it concluded, and this is really, really shocking. In late July 2016, U.S. intelligence agencies obtained insights into Russian intelligence analysis alleging that U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton had approved a campaign plan to stir up a scandal against U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump by tying him to Putin and the Russians' hacking of the Democratic National Committee. And the CIA Director Brennan briefed President Obama and other senior national security officials on the intelligence, including the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016, of a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security services. Here's what happened. Hillary Clinton, because she's a scumbag and always has been a corrupt loser of an individual, well, she got caught with her pants down in 2016. 
She was supposed to be coronated, not just in the Democratic Party, but also as the president of the United States. And she had an email scandal, right? She had classified documents on a private server in her home, which is a violation of federal law. And of course, Comey went out there and exonerated her. He said anybody else would have probably been put in prison for this, but because it's Hillary Clinton, we're not going to recommend any kind of consequences. That's, that's, that is a summary of what he said. And in addition to that, you had the DNC hacking scandal, right? John Podesta's emails and so on and so forth, they were hacked and obtained and released. And they showed just how depraved the Democratic Party was and the DNC was, how depraved the Hillary Clinton campaign was because the Clinton campaign was colluding with the DNC to make sure that Bernie Sanders didn't get the nomination. They rigged their own primary. You think they won't rig elections? They rigged their own primaries. And so Hillary Clinton sat around with one of her foreign policy advisors and she said, oh, crap. Oh, crap, Hillary, we got a problem. Yeah, we do have a problem. This is going to hurt our chances to win the election. I mean, we've got this investigation going on because we committed crimes. We've got these emails that are scandalous. Like, what are we going to do? And they sit there and they hatch this plan. Hey, what if we blame the hacking on the Russians and then we claim that Trump is colluding with the Russians? That's right. That's our narrative. We will claim that Trump is colluding with the Kremlin, that he's corrupt, and that he's trying to steal the election. And they left their little room or whatever. And they went and they paid Fusion GPS to pay Christopher Steele to put together a dossier of allegations that are supposedly going to give credibility to this made up fabricated claim during an election year that Donald Trump is colluding with the Russians. Now, what was so outrageous to me from the beginning about this anyway, Captain, was that nobody could define Trump-Russia collusion. Like, what did it mean? Trump colluded with the Ru- to what? To, like, to, to steal votes? To make Facebook ads? Like, what, what, are, what are you talking about? Trump-Russia collusion? Well, He's got relationships with a rut. Okay, but how is that interference with the, what are you talking about? So it was such a stupid idea from the beginning, but they took it all the way they, that they could. And so this was the basis of all of it. Everyone knew that Hillary Clinton, including the Obama administration, everybody knew that this was nothing but a made up scandal that they hoped to use to hurt Donald Trump's chances of being elected. And then after he was elected, they were so mad that they decided to continue to sell this narrative to the American people to try and oust him as president. And they used this dossier to get FISA warrants to spy on the Trump administration. They spied on him. Now, does anybody remember Watergate? What was Watergate? It, Watergate supposedly, supposedly. Now there's more to this story. I'm just going to tell you the classic narrative, all right, that got him to resign. Nixon, that is. So it's 1972. 
And it was an election year. Nixon's re-election was coming up. And Gordon Liddy, who was the head of the committee to re-elect the president, he had this idea, allegedly, to break into the Democratic National Committee's headquarters that was located in the Watergate complex, right? And he thought, okay, let's break into the DNC headquarters and let's tap the phones, let's steal some documents so that we can have a leg up on our political opposition so that we can help Nixon win re-election. That was it. So they were going to spy on the DNC in order to help themselves win re-election. That's it. That's what the scandal was. And so these five individuals, I think it was, you know, broke into the DNC and they got caught. They got caught because they put a piece of tape or something like that over the, uh, what do you call it? The switch on the door and some police, some, uh, you know, mall cop saw it and, and caught them. So we just had the Clinton campaign with the help of the Obama administration and the corrupt FBI and DOJ and all these organizations. We had them spy on a president of the United States. Spy on a president of the United States. Now, you know, it's really fascinating to me to go back down memory lane here. I've written a couple of articles on my Substack. Some of them are going in the book. That's why I put them out there. I've been working hard. But <clears throat> the big pitch going into 2024 and even before, right? In 2020, it was it was Democrats are protecting democracy. That's what they always say. And, and, and what they mean when they say they're protecting democracy is they're protecting the Democratic Party. It's an ends justifies the means mentality. As long as they win, they're protecting democracy. And so, so they justify whatever criminal activities they engage in because they're protecting democracy. This is how these tyrants think. And it's funny because in, in 2020, you had even Joe Biden say in June, I think, that Donald Trump was going to steal the election. Hillary Clinton is, still claims that Trump is an illegitimate president and stole that election. So my point is, Democrats and Republicans have all questioned election results. But you know what Donald Trump didn't do? Donald Trump didn't pay for opposition research and invent a scandal to destroy his political opponents. When Donald Trump lost, air quotes, the 2020 election, he didn't come up with some salacious allegations that weren't true to destroy Joe Biden. And the other ironic thing is that, you know, in 2016 even, it was actually the Hillary Clinton campaign who colluded with the Ukrainians to try and build this Trump-Russia collusion narrative. The only collusion that's ever happened is between the Democratic Party and somebody else, the FBI, the CIA, Ukraine. In 2016, remember, you have Joe Biden who was being, well, Joe Biden, who had the famous phone call with Poroshenko, 
then president of Ukraine, while he was VP of the United States. He calls Poroshenko. He bragged about it in that video at the uh, Security Council meeting. And he said, if you don't fire the investigator, the prosecutor, lead prosecutor, Victor Shokin, who's looking into Burisma and also looking into my, my son who's employed there, I'm going to withhold a billion dollars in aid to Ukraine. It was a quid pro quo. It was a quid pro quo. And when they impeached Donald Trump over his quid pro quo phone call, the great irony was that he was asking, he was asking Zelensky to simply look into what happened about real allegations of some kind of misconduct. But there wasn't a quid pro quo because Donald Trump never even mentioned foreign aid on the phone call. He just asked him, hey, will you look into this? And the same Democrats who impeached him because they thought it was so improper for him to ask for Zelensky to look into known corruption, probable corruption of Joe Biden, who they said, oh, he's looking into it. He's interfering because he's looking into a political opponent. Well, the Democrats had no problem doing that. Obama had no problem doing that in 2016. They met with Ukrainians. U.S. officials in the Obama administration met with Ukraine, Ukrainian officials at the White House multiple times. And you know what they told them? They told them, stop looking into Burisma, but can you start looking into Trump-Russia collusion? It's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, imagine if Donald Trump had a phone call with the Ukrainian president and said, I'm going to withhold a billion dollars in aid if you don't fire the special prosecutor looking into the company that pays my son, Don Jr., a million dollars a year. What would the reaction be? It's just totally outrageous. Um, I mean, this is how bad it is. <clears throat> Durham wrote that within days of the receipt, the unvetted and unverifiable steel reports were used to support probable cause in the FBI's FISA applications targeting. I mean, it's like, it's like, I don't know, you, you write down, I mean, it, it, the PP tape, perfect example. This is the kind of stuff that was in the dossier. So you get some loser. And by the way, the FBI was paying people money to hunt down stories or invent stories for them of Trump-Russia collusion. Have you ever heard of anything so insane in your life? Imagine if the FBI were paying people to look... I mean, the problem here, Captain, is you can't even make an analogy with Joe Biden because he is corrupt. That's what's crazy about this. So they're gaslighting. <clears throat> you know what? Queue up actually cut four, Captain. <clears throat> This is uh, Senator Tuberville, the former Auburn University head football coach. Now, he's going to say things that the left would predictably feign outrage over. But I, I want to play what Tuberville says because he's exactly right. I want you to listen to what he says, and then I'll comment. This is his response to the Durham report. I, I, I can't go the. I can't even talk about it. You know, it, it's so bad. But if people don't go to jail for this, the American people should just stand up and say, "Listen, enough's enough. Let's don't have elections anymore." I wish there was a special investigation into the voter fraud because it was outrageous what happened. But nobody wanted to look into it because they were, were afraid they were going to be called out. And so it is what it is. Uh, I, I hate that it's happened. 
I mean, he says there's something that's true. I mean, what's the point of having elections anymore if this is going to go on and there's no repercussions? If people don't go to jail for this, what's the point? And he's exactly right. He's exactly right. People should and must go to jail for this. Now, will they? Not unless in 2024. I mean, you, you just don't. Here's the other thing. What's somewhat ingenious about this whole Trump-Russia collusion hoax? Let, 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 let me make the point this way. Who is responsible for Trump-Russia collusion? Let, let, let me ask it this way. Who is guilty? Who is guilty? It's everyone. Everyone is guilty. What are you going to do? Round them up like they did in El Salvador or wherever that was? The gang members? I mean, it's Obama. It's Brennan. It's Comey. It's Hillary Clinton. It's Susan Rice. And it's somebody else. It's somebody else. And this is a little bit depressing. Lisa Monaco was one of the many Democrats. She's an Obama, uh, you know, sycophant. She was also involved in the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, right? So Lisa Monaco is one of those people who should go to prison. Do you know what happened today? 48 Republican senators, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and two former chairmen of the Senate Judiciary Committee, voted to confirm Lisa Monaco as Biden's deputy attorney general. So you have the Durham report that comes out and confirms that all of these individuals engaged in an act of treason, seditious conspiracy, all of it. It was a coup. Lisa Monaco is one of the many people intimately involved in this Trump-Russia collusion hoax. Coup attempt. And you just had 48 Republican senators vote to confirm a traitor as Biden's deputy attorney general. Now, Julie Kelly covered this at American Greatness is a great piece. She explains that she's an Obama confidant. She played a key role in perpetuating the myth about Russian collusion, both before and after the 2016 election. She was the former chief of staff to Robert Mueller when he headed Obama's FBI and then Obama's Homeland Security Advisor, And not a single Republican should have supported her nomination. Not a single one. How is it possible, Captain, that one of the individuals who was involved in treason in this country in 2016 just got the support of 48 Republican senators to be confirmed as Biden's deputy attorney? This is a huge position. This is the DOJ. The DOJ. And the Republicans, 48 of them, just voted for a traitor to go in there. A member of the deep state known to us before the vote. It was a near unanimous confirmation. I just... How how, how do you save the country with this? 
Huh? But you know, this is a... She makes another good point in here just to remind people. And I make this point all the time on the show. I mean, most of us don't have to deal with this because the media is not putting pressure on us. Our jobs aren't dependent. Well, they're not. They're not government jobs, right? But the problem with these lawmakers and everything else, these administrations, is they cave to political pressure. So they don't do the right thing. They cave because they don't like the media talking badly about them. They're worried about their image, which is falsely created, falsely portrayed by the state-run media. How things would have been different if Jeff Sessions hadn't been forced to resign? That's the point I want to make. If you remember, March 2017, Republicans joined the Democrats in demanding that Jeff Sessions recuse himself from anything related to the investigation into alleged Russian election collusion. Why? Oh, Sessions had two brief meetings in 2016 with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak. And these same Republicans, these same jerk-offs and traitors to this country who just voted to nominate Lisa Monaco, confirmed her nomination, these are the same people who obstructed Donald Trump's first year or so in office to begin with. I I, I mean, what's crazy to me, Captain, is I go back and I look at Nunes and these individuals, Devin Nunes, Cash Patel, all these people were putting out this information that's in this final Durham report now. They were, they were talking about it back then, before the Mueller, Mueller crap was put together, during it. And what did the Republicans do back in 2017? They're the ones who pushed for a House ethics probe into Nunes. They sidelined his work investigating the traitors for eight months. So eight months, they put him aside. They got Jeff Sessions out of there. What else did they do? General Flynn, they got rid of him early on. You see, all of this was aimed at making sure there was no one there to protect Trump. So I just... I mean, two years, 32 million U.S. taxpayer dollars to investigate something that the Democrats knew all along was a lie. And we have no special counsel looking into the thousand shell companies that have been set up by Joe Biden to pay off seven or eight members of the family. No special counsel. They want to tell us that that's a conspiracy theory, but this Donald Trump stuff was real. We're living upside down world Unbelievable. And meanwhile, by the way, the IRS just removed the whole investigative team that was involved in the Hunter Biden probe. We live in a third world country, folks. This is not a first world nation. This is not a nation with any kind of values or ethics. The Constitution's shredded. I mean, Donald Trump could have, I mean, I just, I get tired of making the comparison. But you've got them looking in Hunter Biden, you have a whistleblower who came forward and has alerted them to certain misconduct 
And you had the Biden administration saying, F it, F it, just fire them all. You realize how corrupt this is? And this happened as the Durham report came out, incriminating Democrats. And what's their response? Hey, fire all the people looking into Hunter Biden. Just fire them. Who cares? And the media won't say a word. There won't be any political pressure. Republicans are sitting there on their hands. I'll just read a little bit of this. So the IRS, yep, on Monday, they removed the entire investigative team from its long-running tax fraud probe of first son Hunter Biden. And it's, of course, why do they do it? It's retaliation. Retaliation against the whistleblower who contacted Congress recently to allege the cover-up in the case. The whistleblower who had been supervising the Hunter Biden probe since early 2020. Um, well, actually, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I mean, whatever. I, I don't care. I just, you get the point. I, there's nothing else to say about that. There's not, literally nothing else to say. I mean, it's just rampant corruption. They don't care. These people are tyrants and dictators. And this is why people have to go to jail because until people go to jail and are punished, this is never going to stop because they continue to behave this way, knowing that they're going to get, get away with it. And they do get away with it time and time and time and time again. And of course, you know, uh, the Moppet, she was asked about the Durham report, cut three caps and get that ready. Here's her brilliant response, as ever. We we wouldn't be, you know, we got to play the Moppet. Go ahead and play her, Captain. What is the White House reaction to Special Counsel Durham's report on how the FBI handled the Trump-Russia probe? I would leave it to the Department of Justice to speak to. talks often about how he wants the DOJ and FBI to remain independent and, um, you know, above the fray. That report seems to reflect the opposite. Is Does he agree with uh, Special Counsel Durham that there needs to be wholesale changes at the FBI? Again, that is uh, with the Department of Justice. That's not something that I'm going to speak from the podium. As you just stated in your question, we believe in an independent uh, de- Department of Justice. That's what the president said when he was running, and that's what he, the president has said the last two years. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys in Japan. Why does she have that huge binder up there with her ever? I mean, she doesn't know anything. She doesn't look at it. She... she it's just remarkable. What is her purpose? What is her purpose? She's the spokesperson for the president. And anytime she's asked a question, she just refers them to someone else in the administration. Why have a press secretary at all? Not that she is one. I mean, it's just, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. But anyway, so we learned this week that definitively the Democratic Party carried out a coup They committed treason to get rid of Donald Trump in 2016. The Mueller investigation was based on that hoax. Nobody has paid for those crimes. And then we moved into 2020, of course. And after they invented Trump-Russia collusion to try and oust President Trump, well, we had the revelations that, you know, Joe Biden, of course, his son Hunter, or vice versa, had leveraged his father's influence and power while VP to enrich his family, including Joe Biden, pay for play. We have all this going on. And of course, when that story broke, the Democrats, Joe Biden, they colluded with the FBI and the CIA to gather 51 signatures from former members of the intelligence community 
who would sign their names on a paper that said it was Russian disinformation and to discredit that story published by the New York Post, even though they knew it was real. That's another thing Donald Trump never did, by the way. He never colluded with the CIA and FBI and the media. But then again, he wouldn't have to because he didn't do any of those things. Oh, wow. You have a list there, Captain, huh? 61 hacks who peddled Russian collusion. That's a lot of people. Juan Williams, Jake Tapper. You know what? Actually, do something for me. Chew up cut two. I want you to hear Jake Tapper. So Chris Light is the new head honcho at CNN. He's the one who fired Don Lamont. He's the one. He had that little weenie, um, that little um, Oliver Darcy. You hear about, I'm pretty sure, I might have to check. Oliver Darcy, I think, resigned from CNN recently. Oliver Darcy's a, a, a chief propagandist for the Democratic Party, and he got called into the principal's office. Chris Light called him in, and he uh, smacked him around a little bit and said, hey, um, can you at least pretend to be a journalist? That's what you claim to be. Can you please stop being such an overt propagandist? And Oliver Darcy didn't like it. I think he had a little temper tantrum. He probably peed his pants a little bit in there because he's never been talked to that way before because he surrounds himself by other losers like himself. And anyway, I think he resigned. So, you know, I'm not going to go and start watching CNN, certainly, except for doing my job on this show. But changes are happening at CNN, and I want you to hear Jake Tapper, uh, this 12-second clip. Go ahead, Captain, go. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped, and it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It, it is, regardless, devastating to the FBI, and to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. Devastating to the FBI, it does exonerate Donald Trump. This is the same guy who preached Trump-Russia collusion for, you know, three years, by the way. So, I mean, he's shameless now reporting this way. No apology. You'll never get an apology from these people either, so don't, don't expect it. But um, here we are. Here we are. The greatest scandal, political scandal in American history has taken place. It's been laid out in front of us. And there's very little outrage very little outrage all right folks uh i think that we're gonna be back with you tomorrow i gotta check with captain i'm sorry that i left some of you hanging yesterday it wasn't my intention but i told you what's going on exciting things and look it's not going on for long because my publisher said hey you got you got two weeks two weeks to get this done um so anyway all right god bless you all this is drew allen your millennial minister of truth until next time Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew Allen. I look to this guy for wisdom.